702. The Midday Report with Mandy Wiener. Live, online. The 702 app, DSTV Channel 856, 92.7 and 106 FM. Coming up on the show today, a memorial service is underway for the multi-award winning singer Zahara. The president is officiating at a police passing out parade. We'll speak to the IFP president about its policy conference resolutions. What did South Africans Google this year? Tabo Besta, the Cricket World Cup, Barbie, aka Celine Dion and the Springboks top the list. And it's not Friday, but we'll bring you the good things guy anyway. All of that over the next hour. 7.02. Let's walk the talk. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Midday Report on 702 and Cape Talk with me, Mandy Wiener. Good to be with you today. Some good news. Those jobs numbers are released, at least uh, some employment created there. Uh, that's one of the stories we're looking at today. Uh, also, the memorial service underway for the musician Zahara taking place, place at the Rayma Church at the moment. We will take you there and speak to a reporter as well. How interesting are those phrases that South Africans Googled this year? Tabo Besta, the Cricket World Cup, Barbie, a.k.a. Celine Dion. So I asked the question earlier with uh, Clement Magnatello on 702 about why Celine Dion and a couple of people have pointed out to me. Um, George saying Mandy Celine Dion has a life-threatening disease and will never sing again and that's why she was Googled. Sybil saying Celine Dion gravely ill and couldn't sing anymore. Of course, because I Googled that, man. I remember now that I also Googled that. So I should have known that. Hey, but thank you for pointing that out. But let me know what you Googled this year and what you think about that list. So as I mentioned, the president is at the SANDF's base of the 3 South African Infantry Battalion in Kimberley in the Northern Cape for the police passing out parade. 1,400 newly trained officers will be certified as ready for the fight against crime. He's just finished speaking there, so we'll speak to our reporter um, who's following that and hear from what the president had to say in a little while. But let's start at the Rama Bible Church in Randburg because there is a celebration, a memorial taking place for the life of the multi-award winning artist Mulawa Mkutukwana, popularly known as Zahara, who passed away earlier this week. She'll be laid to rest um, next week in the Eastern Cape. Veronica Mahaudi, EWN reporter, is there for us now. Veronica, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time. Tell us who's been speaking there today. Well, good afternoon, Mandy. It's been quite a slow start today for the memorial service of, as you've mentioned, renowned South African Afro-Soul singer Zahara. We are still expecting some of the main guests to arrive who are expected to speak and, of course, pay tribute to the musician. fans and friends as well as of course South Africa's music industry fraternity coming here to pay tribute to to one of their own and uh, Mandy of course um, as I've mentioned just a slow start but we did manage to of course speak to some of the guests that were coming in and out and we are expecting some musical performances from some of the big names including Vusinova Ringo um, in Tando, but we also know that uh, Gauteng Premier Banyaza Lusufi is expected to be here to sort of give that keynote address and I guess speak on behalf of government on the talent um, and a national treasure, one might say, that Zahara was. But we did get a chance to speak to a very close friend of hers who's also an artist and worked uh, on some several songs with her in her last album. His name is Tambo Jama and he really spoke to us about this kind of the person Sahara was, creativity-wise, how she used her music to inspire people. But given the fact that in her own life, she was really facing a lot of difficulty, let's just have a listen to what he had to say. 
because every celebrity that I've approached, they rejected me. So I thought she was one of those people that will reject me. Guess what? The following day she called me. Why did you tell me Unepit? That is Sana born and deny. What is a guam? Born I rushed. I drove like a mad person. When I got there, we started singing. That's when Tandaza was born. I've got a song with Zahara. It's called Tawa Jama Fikcharin Zahara Tandaza. Tawa Jama Fikcharin Zahara Shapapala. We did our first song. She said to me, told me, this song is a motivational song. I want this song to touch as many people as it can. It's a motivational song whereby people, whenever they're going through the most, whenever you have lost someone, this is a song that you'll be listening to. And I can't wait, Tabo, or would you say it would a song? But we never got a chance. We never got a chance. So I'm angry at Sahara for leaving me with this song. Do you understand? Zahara went through the most. Bona, don't listen to other people telling you that Zahara went the most. Listen to Tabo Jama. I knew I slept at Zahara's house. I was at Zahara's house day in and day out. If she was sick, if she was sick, I would run. Zahara, go to Radio 2000 right now. Ask them for when Zahara came at Okupa for donation for her house, who was with Zahara. It was Tabujama. Go to Umshobowe Nene. Ask them for who was with Zahara. I was there. Where were Zahara's friends? nowhere to be found. Veronica, thank you very much for bringing us uh, that audio. Um, I've just been watching Unati, who has been speaking at the podium there. I imagine we're going to be seeing a a number of uh, people speaking at this memorial today. The Midday Report on 702. Winner of the Best Daytime Show Award at the 2023 Telcom Radio Awards. Well, as I mentioned, um, the president has been speaking for the last few minutes at the SANDF's base of the 3 South African Infantry Battalion in Kimberley in the Northern Cape. The South African Police Service passing out parade taking place. 1,400 newly trained officers will be certified as ready for the fight against crime. He's been making a number of comments uh, about a crime in the country. Oren Singh, EWN reporter, has been following this for us. Oren, take us through some of what the president had to say. I think, um, Mandy, you know, President Suramaposa off the bat, initially conceding that uh, South Africans are under siege by criminals. And we know this has been happening year in, year out. It's come to a stage where a lot of South Africans are up and leaving the country. Um, and have been left with no choice um, but to find ways to secure themselves. That's been a stark reality of of, of citizens for more than a decade. Um, and a lot of what he's been saying about these new recruits, they form part of, of 10,000 recruits that will be unveiled or rolled out over the course of this year and into early next year. And I think the interesting thing, Mandy, on the cusp of what uh, President or what President Sora Ramaphosa has said, conceding that you know many women and children within this country are becoming victims of of crime, is that the government rolled out ten thousand recruits last year in twenty twenty two, and another ten thousand this year. Um, we're up to twenty thousand new police recruits within the force, um, but. The IFP earlier raising questions as to 
whether these these new recruits are being adequately trained and uh, those are questions i think that need to be looked at and look at the caliber of these recruits becky kale the the police minister earlier saying that they're looking to implement uh, certain um sort of uh, agreements with with gyms within the country to ensure that uh, police have a, a special dispensation to to remain fit president sora maposa uh, touching on that saying that um you know within the first seven years of their career these new recruits will be expected to fit into the same uniform uh will not be sized up but rather sized down when it comes to that um but i think there's there's a lot that needs to be looked at when we look at the police force just just earlier this year we reported that police detectives over the past 6 years have lost 10,000 members we're down to about 17,600 detectives in the country and this is just a small smack in the ocean or drop in the ocean when it comes to the bigger picture mm. plaguing police Right. Uh, today's parade is one of several c- uh, ceremonies taking place. Yesterday, uh, we saw Becky Tshele presiding over one of these. Uh, all seven uh, in the seven provinces, um, we're seeing uh, officers passing out. A total of ten thousand new officers expected to graduate from various police academies this week. Uh, we had a lot of conversations around the Amapanyaza and what's been happening and attempts to try and um, boost visibility. Um, but w- what is the the sense? that that you're getting from what the police minister is saying and what the president is saying around whether or not this is sufficient what we're seeing here so so president soramaposa telling us that many of the members are going to be deployed to various units within police pop the public order policing uh visible uh, visible policing units as well as detectives which we we die, we need um in the country but also the the child uh, sexual offences unit uh, that deal with rape cases and sexual offences so d- definitely um new boots on the ground that is needed within the country but i think what's more concerning mandy is the specialized units that are losing a lot of members um units like the special task force uh, the national intervention unit uh, we have a lot of members leaving the units and going to private security and private vip protection uh specifically in areas such as the western cape and kzn and whether the police are actually addressing that remains to be seen we know that it takes a lot of money to train these units or members within these units almost a million rand to train one special task force member yeah. uh, force member and they're leaving in their droves so we we're yet to see what police have to do in terms of bulking up those units going forward Arun thank you very much Arun Singh EWN reporter as you heard the the president wants to see more boots on the ground 702 the midday report monday to friday 12 to 1 pm The Institute for Justice and Reconciliation releasing the findings of the 2023 SA Reconciliation Barometer. This is the 20th year that the report is being produced. It's based on a public opinion survey of South African citizens' attitudes to national reconciliation and social cohesion, transformation and the democratic governance. So let's unpack this with Kate Leftco Everett, who is the Institute of Justice and Reconciliation senior project leader. Kate, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. your time uh, you've looked at low medium and high readings on the barometer take us through these thank you so much for having me um it's great to join you this afternoon um as you mentioned we have um characterized the survey findings in terms of areas of low um reconciliation moderate reconciliation where we see evidence of some improvement but potential for intervention and then um some very positive findings as well where we see high uh, reconciliation 
Uh, obviously, uh, you look at, at um, voter turnout potentially as well because next year is an election year. Uh, what are people's views around uh, social cohesion and a democratic governance when it comes to uh, actually going out to cast their ballots? Well, um, some of the more concerning findings that we had this year were around very low trust in national leadership, uh, declining confidence in public institutions, and also very widespread concern about corruption. So we do see those as potentially impacting on uh, what happens in the elections next year, and we're very much looking forward to seeing what happens at the polls. Um, we also ask South Africans about the likelihood that they will turn out and participate in elections. And we did see that 70% of South Africans um, indicate they are likely to vote next year. If that is the case, it might signal increased turnout from what we've seen in more recent national elections, but we'll have to wait and see if that actually translates into intent on, uh, into action on the day. Uh, this, of course, um, is the 20th uh, report. So over the past two decades, we, we have achieved progress that, as you say in your introduction, might have seemed unimaginable after the systemic violence of colonialism and apartheid in the 10 years of political transition. What has the trend been over the past 20 years? So to look at some of the more positive findings, um, we have found that people are still very strongly, proudly South African. There's a high level of national identity, even though people still also associate with um, different types of groups based on language um, and race, for example. Um, but there's still a strong collective feeling of attachment to that national identity. Um, we also feel that there is um, resilient agreement about what happened in the past, and that's really important um, because even though we're approaching 30 years of democracy, there is still a need for a foundation um, of and a commonality in terms of understanding the truth of the past, what happened during apartheid and colonialism, and that remains a good basis for the types of policy decisions that we make, for example, around triple BEE economic transformation, land reform, and so forth. Kate, thank you so much for your time today. Kate Leftko Everett, the Institute of Justice and Reconciliation Senior Project Leader, speaking to us there about the findings of the 2023 essay Reconciliation Barometer. Low, medium, high readings on the barometer. Very interesting to go and have a look at the progress that has been made. This is the 20th year that the report is being produced. The Midday Report on 702. Winner of the Best Daytime Show Award at the 2023 Telcom Radio Awards. So I saw a report just before we came on air that uh, Carl Niehaus's political party, Areta, I think that's how you pronounce it, A-R-E-T-A, I don't say it too often, has joined the EFF and urged its members to join the EFF as individual members as well ahead of the elections next year. Niehaus also urging other left parties like the PAC, Azapo, APC, ATM and the UDM, amongst others, to join forces with the EFF ahead of the 2024 elections. Very interesting that... Because, you know, Carl Niehaus was a political player. Is he still relevant in the political landscape? How much of a constituency will he and Aretha take to the EFF? That's the one thing we're looking at. The other 
is a report in Eyewitness News that has revealed that there is a grouping seeking to repeat the ANC's Genesis story. So they are hoping that they'll see churches and traditional leaders joining hands with politicians with the goal of changing South Africa's political landscape. What is this, you ask? Tiri Madia, EWN Associate Politics Editor, here to explain it for us. So, Tiri, what exactly is this new grouping and, and what are they intending to do? Good afternoon, Mandy. So if you go to the IC's, IC's website, you see a political party registered as Umkonto with Cizre. Now, we all know that Umkonto with Cizre was the armed wing, the military wing of the ANC. So there's a party that's registered in that particular name. And from my understanding, I've been having meetings with them. They are people who are from the ANC itself who were members of the MK in some regard, some are much younger. And all these people are saying is that they want to join a leftist formation, very similar to what you're quoting, Carl Niehaus to be saying, and they want to be able to bring the ANC, as I said, to its knees. They want to destroy the ANC, at least as its electoral prospects, so that they can go back into the ANC and rebuild it. So this is part of the battle that we've been watching for years for the soul of the governing party. So is this going to be another political party that will be added to the ballot sheet? Ballot book, yes, actually. Mandy, That's what we've been talking done. about, a ballot book, not a ballot sheet. <laughs> Absolutely. It's yet another party that will be on the ballot papers next year. But I think what's interesting about this offering is that they're pinning a lot on former President Jacob Zuma. He is going to be in Johannesburg over the weekend. He'll have a media briefing in the afternoon. And they're hoping that at that particular media briefing, he will then place his allegiance with this particular party. What, what is unclear to me at the moment is will he completely walk away from the ANC or not? But I can't imagine how he endorses one political party while remaining with the ANC. But these people are absolutely seeking to contest. They want to be able to contest as ANC members come uh, 2024. I mean, as, as, as this MK come 2024, with the hope that in the next window, they'll be uh, back in the ANC, controlling the ANC and contesting the ANC. But ultimately, this is about the ANC, Mandy. They're trying to fight for it from outside. So what is the ANC, and I imagine Fakili Mbalula, the Secretary General, saying about this? So some of the officials had been suspicious that there seems to be movements around former President Jacob Zuma. They had raised this concern. I've spoken to a few. I mean, Fikili Mbalula has kind of spoken about it. Fikili Bissani, who is uh, heads up the presidency in the ANC, has spoken about how the ANC is, uh, you know, under some sort of an onslaught. Again, they look at ANC veterans overall. So it's not just an issue of Mavusum Simang that they had. There's also this particular issue. There was an attempt to speak to former President Jacob Zuma to try and figure out what is going on and to get his, at least his reassurance that he remains committed to the ANC. But from what I know, they've not been able to make communication or have an audience with the former president. So I think they will wait and see. The ANC does have an NEC this weekend. I think it's the last one for the year. And I'm pretty sure whatever unfolds in Soweto, which includes visit to uh, Mama Matikizela Mandela's house, Avalon Cemetery, Heroes Acre, where MK um, uh, soldiers have been laid to rest, I'm pretty sure the ANC will have a view about what this means and the impact of this on its party because some Mandy are worried mm. that a former president Jacob Zuma not aligned with the ANC would have devastating effects on the elections for the ANC, particularly in KZN. Just very quickly, Tiri, what do you make of this uh, Carl Niehaus joining the EFF, urging other uh, parties like the PAC and Azapo and APC and ATM to join forces with the EFF? How, how relevant is he still? It is... It is very much in line with this thing that I'm now telling you about. You must never separate 
the conversation around this MK from Colony House, from former President Jacob Zuma, for me, that's actually one picture unfolding. There is a need to try and align members of the leftist um, and leftist organizations, and I think that's the coming together of all of those, including a call, because part of what I've also heard about um, this particular organization from my President Jacob Zuma is that meetings have also been happening with the EFF leadership. So I think that is one thing that you're seeing unfolding. They have a vision of working together ultimately, but we know that ideas like that usually fall apart um, before they take shape. So we'll see. We kind of await and see. But Carl Niels is a part of it. In fact, they said Carl had no business starting a party because they were going to wait for this MK organization. However, Carl was kicked out of the ANC, had nothing else to do. They allowed him to start a race, but it is really mainly one thing. Tiri, thank you very much. Uh, Tiri, my dear, EWN's Associate Politics Editor, giving us some analysis there on Carl Niehaus' decision to join the EFF, what it means, um, but also the greater context here and uh, this idea that there is a, a grouping, and Mkonto sees we're grouping, that is looking at uh, contesting the elections and how will the ANC feel about that. How do you feel about the abundance of choice when it comes to the elections next year? There's lots of jostling, lots of frustrating, lots of positioning. Uh, there's there's going to be a an almighty, full-out, great big fight for every single vote next year. So, brace yourselves. I think that once we uh, get into the news year next year, it's going to be hectic. What's up, Mandy? On 072-702-1702. Hi, Mandy and team. Um, Zach Koza from Pretoria. Mandy, um, if you're around in 2010... During the World Cup, you will know that the South African government does have ways to tackle the crime. We've never lived in a time that was as peaceful as that. We walked around with our cell phones, cameras around our necks. You know, when somebody did try a chance with you, they were caught that day, they were tried the following day. Everything was running smoothly for the 150,000 tourists that were coming from all these countries. You know, the reason for that, there was visibility. Policemen were like everywhere, every road, every place. There was visibility. And as soon as those tourists left, then suddenly everyone went back to their normal ways, sitting, doing nothing, playing around. So the issue is not about just throwing numbers at criminals, but it's about having a concerted effort as a state to say that we want to protect our own citizens. Hi, Mendy, it's not many in Pretoria. What a moving tribute that we are watching on the YouTube about uh, the late Zahara. Uh, I, I just wanted to say RIP to her, but just coming back to the uh, developments of the party of uh, Kalni House, uh, I think it was inevitable. Kalni House doesn't have the funds. The parties such as I Rise of uh, Sengeso ZB, Shiluva of Bongani, UDM, Busa of uh, Musi Maimani, Act of uh, the former SG of the ANC. This will just form one coalition so that we don't have a, a big ballot uh, when we're voting. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Ah, the numbers aren't there, though. So that's the, the issue. If you look at the Moonshot Pact, if you look at the potential uh, coalitions, that the, 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 the numbers are just not there. So I think that that's why we're going to see uh, different horse trading and movements to see what happens and, and who can, can assist and, and trying to get these deals sorted out before the elections actually take place so that the electorate has an idea. Um, thank you so much for those WhatsApp voice notes. And it is a beautiful tribute underway at the moment. I am watching Unati.
um, at the microphone uh, at the moment at this tribute to Zahara taking place at the Rayma Bible Church. We will try and take you there during the second half of the show as well as various um, musicians and celebrities. I see Padiazala Sufi, the Gauteng Premier is there as well, all pay tribute to Zahara. And now it's back to Mandy Wiener on the Midday Report. This is 702. Let's walk the talk. 12.36 on the Midday Report. Uh, this week we've been telling you about the IFP policy conference that has been underway at the Imbizo Centre in Impangeni near Richards Bay. Our reporter has been covering that for you. This is the first policy conference of the IFP. It's held in 10 years and uh, many resolutions that were taken there, discussions around crime, around the NHI, around abortion, several other um, issues as well. Let's have a look at those with Vilenkosini Khlabisa, who's the IFP leader. Mr. Khlabisa, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time today. Appreciate you speaking to us. Uh, You did speak at the closing of the IFP policy conference. Uh, Firstly, maybe just to to reflect on the fact that this is the first policy conference um, since the IFP founder, the late uh, Prince Mangasutu Butelezi, passed away. But it is the first one in 10 years. Why did it take so long? Um, Good afternoon, Mandy. And the listeners of Radio 702, Mandy, policies do not change now and again for any or every organization. You only adapt. But when there is a major shift, then it compels you to do a review of your complete policies. South African society has undergone a big shift and in the past 10 years in terms of many challenges, crime, unemployment, load shedding, corruption, poor education, and deteriorating health sector. Our policies had to be reviewed so that we respond to a shift that has happened in our society. That is why we felt we must do it now but in the past 10 years we have been adapting to some challenges but over a period of 10 years it's a big shift so uh, of course as you say that there there have been various shifts you've said that um, you've emerged from the conference with implementable practical solutions that would resuscitate and revive the country unfortunately because of time limitations we can't go through each of those but i would like to focus on one or two um so let's look at at police and and crime fighting because we are having a conversation about that on the show today and you would like to see a a move to back federalized uh, police systems where provinces are equipped with more powers to make policing decisions this is something Paniazala Sufi would probably agree with you uh, about Mm. what is your your thought Mm. process around that? Mm, Thank you Mandy I just want to start from where you ended that a practical example is in the uh, Amapanyaza. Amapanyaza is a true response by the provincial government of under the ANC that the SAPS is not sufficient or sufficiently equipped to deal with crime for many reasons. They are centrally controlled, poorly resourced. The government is too distant of what is happening on the ground. The IFP believes the devolution of power, if you devolve the power to control the police, 
you will fight better with crime if police are controlled at a local level because the accountability will be at a local level than national level. You will be able to provide more equipment in terms of physical structures, the police stations, the working equipment, the vehicles, and also the employment of manpower. The Mm. Amapanyaza is a response that there is insufficient human personnel with SAPS. That is why uh, Amapanyaza come to this. The IFP believes so that if you want to fight crime directly and precisely, evolve it and have sufficient manpower and resources in order to quell crime in our society. I imagine that this may also be positioning in anticipation of you potentially taking over KwaZulu-Natal because then you won't need to rely on, on the national government, uh, just a, a point. Uh, and then I just want to touch on, on NHI, on the matter of health care. Uh, you do say that you support universal health access, but the NHI bill is a recipe for disaster. Why is that? The NHI bill, as it stands, is like the outcome-based education that was introduced by the government of the day, it destroyed our education system and created handicaps for generations. The deal is a recipe for disaster because, one, the funding model is poor. There is no explanation where the money is going to come from. Two, there is no transparency, there is no consultation and openness in the deal. Many doctors, associations for medical practitioners, they almost all speak in one voice that their recommendations were never attended to, they were never responded to on what they raised. Mm. As a result, the NHI is not going to be assisting them to achieve the goal it wants to achieve now right as you know mandy in the social uh, in the in the media space almost all sectors are against the nhi bill because it's not going to do what it intends to do similar like the obe which was later abandoned right this is going to be the same Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Velen Kosini Khrabisa, IFP leader, reflecting there on the policy conference which the IFP held this week. The Midday Report on 702. Winner of the Best Daytime Show Award at the 2023 Telcom Radio Awards. So as we prepare for the festive season, many people are going to be hitting the roads over the next few days. The South African National Blood Service uh, is uh, calling on South Africans to donate blood ahead of the festive season. The SANBS supplies over 1 million blood products annually. Um, it's rated amongst the top blood services in the world, but they need our help. Kinsani Mahlangu, the SANBS communication officer, joining us now. Kinsani, good afternoon to you. Uh, what is your call to South Africans? Good afternoon, Mandy. Our call is literally just to say we need donations and we need plenty and we are hopeful that donors are going to donate before they head out onto their holidays or wherever they might be going to visit. You know, I think we want to make sure that we have sufficient stock in order to meet the demand. How is your stock supply at the moment? So over the 
past few days, it has been declining. We did manage to go up from one day bloodstock where we were critically under pressure. We went up uh, around 3.5 days, but as we stand today, we only have uh, three days bloodstocks available. If people are heading down to the coast, if they are in areas that are unfamiliar to them, uh, what is the best way for them to find a, um, a South African National Blood Service um, office or, or somewhere where they can go and donate blood? Well, there's one of two ways, Mandy. They can either search on our website, uh, find a blood donor centre, and then you will locate one nearest to you. But I think the most effective one where we are able to tell you where your fixed donor centre is, but also any remote centre, remote blood drives that might be nearest to you. You can just call 0800-119-031. So that one will help you find the most convenient donation centre to go to. Kinsani, thank you so much. Kinsani Mahlango, the SANBS communications officer, speaking to us there. So if you are getting ready to go away, add this to your checklist. Don't forget to go and donate blood ahead of the festive season. What's up, Mandy? On 072-702-1702. Hi, Mandy. I say good riddance to bad rubbish. Uh, as long as people like Carl Niehaus, Jacob Zuma, and Kondo um, Esis Refaction are leaving the ANC. Uh, yeah, and uh, let the cleaner side of the ANC remain. Uh, uh, some of us might, might just consider lending them our vote. Yeah, and uh, when it comes to politicizing uh, crime, uh, as long as the... The politicians are still uh, only talking of women and children as the main victims of crime, which is not which which goes against the stats. I, I just see politicking there, and and I just believe they're not really serious about tackling crime. Thanks, Farai. Hi, Mendy. It's a bomb from Pretoria. Yo, that ballot booklet is going to be so big. You know, everybody the way is everybody starting a new party now. Now, what I suggest is that we get. Uh, we take that booklet home and you go study it properly and you'll return it after two days after studying it thoroughly because some of these people are coming up with the same policies and their faces look the same it's about the Pretoria we have a plethora of political parties uh, on the landscape in South Africa and, and we've, we've been speaking about this that they are genuinely considering the IEC creating a booklet. Instead of a better paper they're looking at creating a booklet but that has all kinds of knock-on effects because how do you bind it, how do you print it, how do you fit it into the ballot box, um, it takes up a lot of space, uh, it takes people longer which means you might need more than one day to vote um, but that's a democracy and now we might have another political party as EWN is reporting that we could see Mkonto Asizwe uh, creating a political party to contest. But Carl Niehaus has at least made it a little bit easier for those people who were thinking about voting for Aretta. And he has joined the EFF. 702. 702. Mandy Wiener. Weekdays, 12 to 1 p.m. A prison break, a murdered rapper, world champions. This is what South Africans Googled most this year. The uh, Google's year in search gives us uh, an annual analysis. It reveals the top trending lists and spotlights what the entire world searches, but it tells us what South Africans have been searching. So Tabo Besta, the Cricket World Cup, Barbie, a.k.a. Celine Dion, and the Springboks led this year's annual trends on search. Sia Marikane is the Google South Africa Communications and Public 
Public Affairs Manager. Sia, good afternoon uh, to you. Thank you for your time. Tell us what uh, what else have South Africans been searching this year? Well, uh, good good afternoon, Mandy. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, as you know, the year in search provides an annual analysis of uh, what and as well the top sort of trending list and also spotlights what the world such as uh, see, learn and do. So in South Africa this year there's also a very heightened interest in celebrities, sporting events, as well as special observed days, as well as notable personalities who passed on, unfortunately, as well as also the technology. Uh, things like mm. ChatGPT have been on that list um, before and they continue to be on that list. So let's look at sports. Uh, obviously, there was a Cricket World Cup, there was a Rugby World Cup. I'm quite surprised, though, that many South Africans were also searching for Inter-Miami. Yes, but, I mean, that will be uh, the effect of Lionel Messi. If you remember, you signed uh, during the course sure. of the year with the team, which uh, led to that sort of trend across the world, really. Uh, if you look, uh, we looked at only South Africa at this stage, but if when I looked at across the global uh, sort of scenario, it was uh, into Miami as well as actually um, uh, Ronaldo's club in, 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 in Saudi Arabia, but he didn't make this list. I think he was number 12 on this list, so he didn't make the top 10 um, he just, yeah, he just made mm. it to the uh, top off, yeah. And then, as you mentioned, also, unfortunately, we do see a trend of people searching for celebrities, particularly when they when they pass away. So I imagine Zahara uh, isn't on the list, but it's it's you know something potentially um, that could be added. But if you look at, for example, AKA um, and Costa Titch, who also the South African rapper who passed away, those are, are high up on the list. Yes, that's a very good point to make around Zahara. Um, so if you I would encourage people to use the publicly available uh, trends tool, which is uh, trends.google.com. Um, it will be updated by now to show that actually Bahara is up on the list. This list obviously was put uh, together last week. We, we literally put it at the end of the year so that we get most of the data from the, the year. But um, we do acknowledge that uh, some events can happen after the list has come out. So Zahara will probably be on the top on the top 10 if, if, it, if that was the case. Uh, but yeah, Toscosta teaches, you know, we lost him quite early, quite young. Very sad and very unfortunate. So he is on number two, a.k.a. we all know uh, what happened there. And also just the conversations around around that. So you might find that there's correlation in some of the sort of uh, the, the list in terms of the, uh, once a.k.a. happens somewhere else, trends somewhere else. And it does happen. Uh, when I was pulling the list to get together, I did notice that. And yeah, so very unfortunate that we've lost so many South Africans. So if I had to tell you what the, what I thought the biggest news story of the year has been, I would probably look at Tabo Besta. I think that's, that, that's probably the story that has consumed the most media space that had us all, all talking. And I'm not surprised at all that, that Tabo Besta is the most searched individual in the country. Yes, I mean, I think almost, most all South Africans would understand why I would be on top. But what really is interesting about Tabo Besta is that he he actually was being pulled um, right across in terms of sort of lifestyle, news, and all the different types of trends. And when you see that he's on top of the most searched people, it really makes sense once you actually understand that data that he was all over the place in terms of in how he was dressed. It was, a, it was a question that a lot of people asked, you know, but then you'd find him on the, on the top of this list. And really, this list is really not also scientific. We just literally take from the tool exactly who's on the top 10 and pull that and that becomes the top 10 because also as i said earlier it does change uh quite uh, quickly and, and, and depending on what the users are looking for um so we do not manipulate it in any form or manner
And then uh, just lastly, Sia, obviously many people turn to Google to ask questions, right? Um, and questions like, how is poetry different to other writing genres? Which is quite high up on the list, bizarrely. I don't understand yes. that. Maybe you can explain. But, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't explain it all <laughs> because I was looking at going, there must be some mistake. And I kept on looking and kept on going back to it. And it actually kept on staying there. And I thought, maybe there's a world that I don't understand. And as I said, this is really, truly taking exactly what people have inputted into the search engine, um, and we just take it and pull it as it is. So, so we don't know so anyway. The question is, how is how is poetry different to other writing genres? How are mumps spread? Mm. And then the mm. most searched general question this year concerned Celine Dion's well-being. Yes, Celine Dion's well-being. Um, I'm not quite sure what happened there, but I, I did check and I see that she was a bit sickly. This yeah, my, my listeners have pointed this out to me because yeah. I also made yeah. the, the error of saying yeah. I wasn't sure why, and that was because she couldn't yeah. sing anymore. Yeah, yes, exactly. I think she has been sickly, so I was not sure. But yeah, I did say that one of, I mean, one of the world's biggest stars, someone like Celine Dion, that a lot of us have grown up listening to, not doing all, and we really do hope that she, she recovers and comes back uh, to singing, uh, doing, doing what she does best. Sia, thank you so much. Uh, Sia Marikani, the Google South African Communications and Public Affairs Manager, speaking to us there about what South Africans searched most in 2023. Good things. Good things. With Brent Lindeke. No, it's not Friday. It's Thursday, but it's pseudo Friday, mini Friday kind of thing today. So um, because this is my last show of 2023, I thought the best way to wrap up the year would be to finish off with the good things, guy, Brent Lindeku. Happy Fry Thursday yay day, Brent. <laughs> Happy Fry Thursday, man. And, and to all of the listeners, um, I must just say it's been the most incredible year being a little part of a feature of uh, your show every single week. And I'm so incredibly honored and thankful that you've given me the opportunity to have the small part in, in, a, in an award-winning show. Mm. Um, so I want to start off today's little feature on our Thursday, Friday, not sure what day it is, almost holidays, just by saying thank you to Mans and the entire team, the work that you do every single day. Uh, I take my hat off to you and I'm just, I'm thankful to be part of, a small part of the team. I always say that I'm a, I'm a big believer in light and shade and the team always laughs at me because I oh, light and shade, light and shade. I'm always banging on about that because I think it's so important to balance the, the news. It can be overwhelming. It can be negative. Uh, we've just been speaking about so much of that, that heaviness that, that we carry, but we need to balance that with, with some lightness. And that's why we have this feature. Every day I try and do something a bit, a bit lighter as well. And often the feedback is, is that this is the best feature of, of the whole week. And it's so important that we keep that perspective, huh? Absolutely, man. So the reality is that living in South Africa is incredibly tough. Um, I, I like to say we've got a very complex relationship with this country that we choose to love. And every single day, our news headlines, our social media, everywhere we look, it can feel very, very, very heavy. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of hard stuff that happens in our country on a daily basis. And, and, and yet, this feature is great and, and Good Things Guys is a great sort of relief from that. Um, I, I will say that the hard news and the things that are happening around us are incredibly important. We have to know what's going on around in our country in order to understand the path forward and what we can do as communities to change that narrative. Um, but in the same breath, without the balance of a little bit of light, uh, what I call the moments of magnificence, without those... Um, we'll, we'll lose all hope in our country, mm. and we can't do that. 
We absolutely can't do that. There are good things happening all around us every single day. And, um, and I, I believe the more we look into that good stuff, the more we see those moments of magnificence, or like you say, the light, the more light we will see because there is so much good happening in our country. So, so Brent, what was the goodest good news story for you of, of 2023? Oh, gosh, there, there are absolutely so many that we could go back and look at. But the one, the one that, that and, uh, you know, we shouldn't be part of the news when we're telling the news. But I, I, I do this inspirational thing on my, on my social media where I put out motivationals. And when we, when we went into stage six load shedding a little while back, um, I spoke about the fact that we're all in it together. It doesn't matter if you have a generator or a solo or whatever it is, you're still being impacted by stage six in, in some other way. And I put this post up on social media and, and one of my followers, Brian and Lovu, he contacted me to tell me about the fact that he, had to check, he has to check into hospital when it gets to stage six because he, uh, he's on oxygen full time. And I told his story then, so just so we could have a bit of perspective, right? Yes, uh, you couldn't have a hot cup of coffee this morning. Here's a South African that has to check himself into hospital because his oxygen tanks can't go past the time due when we, when we go into these bigger blocks of load shedding. And everybody flooded his social media to send him the most beautiful messages of support and kindness and love. And then one anonymous reader one anonymous follower got hold of me and she said, can I please have Brian's details so that I can give him an inverter and a battery so he never has to go to hospital again. And that story sure. to me, uh, it just brings to light the, the kindness of South Africans. He landed up in, in the U with the story. Um, it was so beautiful and it, it reminds me that it, we are inherently good and there are good South Africans mm. all around us. And even in the moments of tragedy, what do I say, Mandy? We need to look for the helpers or actually become them. Become the helpers. Well, Brenty, thank you for bringing us all the good news every Friday this year. And I hope that you, you have a good rest. I will, and, and absolutely to you too. I hope all the listeners have a great holiday. And my biggest Christmas wish... Uh, for absolutely everybody, is that you feel loved and appreciated uh, this holiday season. Um, and look after yourselves and each other. And like I always say, wishing you only, only good, good things. things. Brent Lindeku, the good things guy, wishing us only good things. The Midday Report on 702. Winner of the Best Daytime Show Award at the 2023 Telcom Radio Awards. So this is my last show for 2023. Thank you to Palesa and Kamagwini, uh, the team who brings you the Midday Report every day. For Brent in Cape Town, who pushes the buttons as well. Uh, for KG, who steps in occasionally. To Tolakele, to everybody, to all of you for listening and to sending us WhatsApp voice notes. And just for being part of the conversation, all the contributors who come in. I'm going to spend a couple of weeks with my family. My son is sitting next to me. He sat through the whole show. You're looking forward to spending a few weeks with me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you media shy are you scared of the microphone boy <laughs> well you're gonna have to put up with me for for a few weeks and thank you to city for who um who's going to be stepping in and uh, hosting the midday report over the next few weeks i hope you have a safe uh, restful meaningful festive season next year is going to be really really busy it's an election year there's a lot happening so i look forward to navigating all of that with you it's